Hoop Brethren, rejoice. It is I, your humble host, Vince Carter, and welcome to FRPC Hoops. And uh, before we get started today, I want you guys to do FRPC a favor. If you're not a follower of the podcast as of yet, please go to Spotify, go to Apple, and follow us so you can get this content. We do two podcasts a week at least, and as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, you are going to want to be up to date on all the latest news, rumors, and actual trades that go down. So make sure you hit that follow button and get Front Runner Podcast Collective on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. The other thing is that we have a video component to the podcast. If you're not subscribed to this YouTube channel, it's the same thing. Front Runner Podcast Collective. The great thing about that is, is that usually you're getting snippets of the actual podcast in video form. And I usually put in some some sort of stats or some sort of like news or or things that go along with it that are not on the podcast. So go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, that Front Runner Podcast Collective. And then the last thing, I got a lot of homework for you guys to do, right? It makes it easier for me if you guys go ahead and make comments in the YouTube section so we can go ahead and increase the dialogue, increase the hoops chat, and again, Front Runner Podcast Collective for the podcast and the YouTube channel. So let's grow this community and just talk hoops, right? All right, we have a a really big show. It is currently... 4.38 Pacific Standard Time, so the games have started with a couple of my guys. Shout out to Nico Miatello. Shout out to uh, Dane Blackburn. Uh, Shout out to uh, Keyshawn as well. We had a conversation about the Lakers, and they were like, how dare you be upset about this team and, you know, be mad about where they are. And, you know, they won a championship a couple, you know, like three, you know, in the bubble four years ago now. Why are you so upset? There's a ton to go with that. But here's the main thing that is important. After a tumultuous week for the Lakers that involved losing games, the players looking lethargic, and then the reports of six sources who were concerned about several different lineup changes and fluctuation in minutes. I'm going to assume those sources were players. Got it on pretty good account. It was players. We got agents calling into the front office to ask for some clarification on minutes and rotations. So there's a lot going on with the Lakers. With the frustrating and embarrassing losses to the Heat and Grizzlies, the Lakers went to a lineup with another playmaker along with LeBron James and Austin Reeves. The Lakers beat the impressive streaking Clippers 106 to 103 last night. The one thing I do want to talk about before we get into everything about this game, did you check out the LeBron dunk? It's not the dunk that's impressive. It is the reaction of one James Harden as the dunk is happening. The analogy that I want to give on this is that James Harden looked like he came out the shower 
and his girlfriend had his phone. And maybe there were certain things on that phone he did not want her to see. That was the look that James Harden had on his face. Or when you were told by your mama to clean up and then you got lost in video games and then you heard the car pull in to the driveway. You know that look you got? That was James Harden look last night. Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's all over social media. Go check it out. It is hilarious. It's almost inconceivable after what we witnessed from the last two performances from the Lakers that this would be what came out of it. Now, this there's going to be a theme to this podcast. And it's not going to be the first time that you hear sources, and I, I say it with air quotes, sources, meaning players, discussing uh, minutes and rotations. But I find it very interesting that Darman Ham, who has been under siege for literally the last week and a half about his rotations, and it's been going on a lot longer than that. Here's the thing. If it's coming out now, that means that the players have been talking about this for several weeks. Okay? This is not something they just thought of. Hey, man, I've been in and out of lineup the last couple times. I think I'm upset about that. No. This is eight weeks, ten weeks in the making. So, with that being said, for the Lakers to come out and beat a really good Clipper team, and mind you, this is a Clipper team with James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all playing, Norman Powell providing, you know, a spark off the bench. This is a loaded Clipper team. This is a Clipper team that, in the last pod, we talked about how impressive they've been and how they look like a legitimate contender now. But with that being said, the Lakers come out, they win the game, and here's the best part. Christian Wood found himself in the Lakers' new rotation. It's a nine-man rotation. And he accredited himself very well last night, chipping in nine points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks over 16 minutes. In our last podcast, and also in the YouTube clip, so again, I tell you to go to the YouTube channel, Front Runner Podcast Collective, and check it out. But we we hinted at D'Angelo Russell being a sixth man at that point. And there D'Lo was, first man off the bench last night. He played, uh, let's see, first and foremost, what I'm going to say about this is that there was, a, there was an energy level. He also played 31 minutes. He got off to a really slow shooting start, but then he hit three critical three-point shots late to stave off the Clippers. Darvin Ham talks about facts over feelings. That was his like little motto when he got the job. If you remember the press conference, he says facts over feelings, right? I'm going to say this as plainly as I possibly can, and this was my concern and this is what I was talking about and some of my frustration that I was talking with my guys last night about it. At LeBron's advanced age, it is in my opinion that having other creators, offensive creators on the floor to buffer LeBron and provide a respite for him at 39 years of age 
where he's played 33 of the 37 games and he's averaging 34.5 minutes. Whatever you think of Austin Reeves, he's the Lakers' third best player. And he's also a really good offensive initiator for himself and for others. You need to get as many guys like that as possible around your aging superstar. This was the problem building the team around LeBron James in the first place. LeBron is great. LeBron will always be great. The problem is is that LeBron at 39, he can't give it to you every single night on the defensive end. He has to pick his spots. He has to conserve the energy. LeBron is looking at one thing and one thing only. He's looking at the postseason. He's looking at how can I get my team and myself to win 16 games so I can get my championship. That is what he's looking at. I'm not saying he does not care about the regular season whatsoever. That is not what I'm trying to say. But you have to be a little flexible with him because of the fact of his advanced age. Oh, this is the other thing that I want to talk about with Reeves. When this whole thing started with the minutes and the rotations, now, mind you, there have been a ton of injuries. Gabe Vincent has been in and out of the lineup. He's been mostly out of the lineup because of injury. You know, we had Rui miss games. He's still missing games right now. Vanderbilt missed a ton of games, and then he came back. So Lakers haven't had the full rotation. I thought it was interesting when Ham said this. He wanted to go ahead and limit Austin Reeves' minutes to 28 minutes a game to keep him fresh. You're trying to keep a 25-year-old man fresh, and you got a 39-year-old man playing 34.5 minutes a game. Explain yourself. That doesn't even make sense to me. I am going to keep fresh my 25-year-old guard, and I am going to huck 34, 36 minutes at 39-year-old LeBron James. You see some of the inconsistencies we have here? Now, Ham, to his credit, he led the Lakers to a Western Conference Final in his first year, mind you. And also, keep in mind, in that year, we had a ton of roster overhaul. Russ was out. D'Lo was in. Vanderbilt was in. Rui was in. So they had a whole real, like a half the group, the regular rotation was new. So credit to him to get them to the Western Conference Finals. But that does not excuse you from this type of behavior. Not at all. Okay? You're 18 and 19. You are 10th in the West at this point in time. So literally you are almost out of the playoffs. It's time for the Lakers to start stringing together victories consistently. Or they will stay in the play-in tournament. And this will be another hard playoff run for the Lakers. The Lakers need to have some sort of real footing in the playoffs. So then at some point, hopefully, at the end of the year, maybe you can rest LeBron. Maybe we can cut down some of his minutes 
as we get closer to the end of the year so then we can have him fresh for the playoffs. I got Oh, there was one interesting stat about the Clipper game, and I want to give credit, clutch, uh, I'm sorry, clutch points. It's uh, Tomar Azarli. The Clippers last night, they finished a they finished the game with a quantified shot quality of 54.8%. Their effective field goal percentage in that game was 46.8, meaning that they shot... 8% below what they were expected to shoot last night. So they had a lot of open shots that they missed. And that game was a, a three-point game. So the Lakers can sit here and talk, well, they got a victory. They can exhale. But it wasn't like they they dominated that game. That game was nip and tuck the whole way. Lakers, Clippers got out to the lead. Lakers got back in it. Another slow start by the Lakers, right? Ten turnovers again. It seems like an epidemic, personally. I don't know what they can do to fix these issues internally. But the other report is is that they signed Dylan Windler to a contract the other day. He's a 6'7 wing. He also just had an incredible G League game where he had like 33 points and like 22 rebounds. Now, I don't expect him to do that with the Lakers, but he is an outside shooter. And just before we turned on the mics here, the Lakers also signed Skylar Mays out of LSU, who is a point guard, journeyman point guard. I think he's been in the league about four years now. And they just signed him to a two-way contract as well. So Lakers are looking for shooting. They might be looking for somebody who can handle the ball. Oh, the things that we just talked about for LeBron. Hmm. All right, there it is with that. Um, do we have anything else on Darvin and whatever? I don't think so. I think we might be done with the Lakers. I want to leave you with this with the Lakers. <clears throat> I said it to my friends last night, and I'll say it here. When you get into the LeBron James business, you are going to expect a lot of roster overhaul. Now, in his previous stops, that all worked out. But to turn your roster over to LeBron and Clutch Sports with LeBron being 35 years of age. I don't think that is a recipe for success. I do not disrespect that man's achievements. I do not disrespect that man's legacy on this court. I do believe that what he did for the in-season tournament, as far as Adam Silver is concerned, and the NBA owners are concerned, and turning that into a property that can be profitable for them. I don't think you can put a monetary value on what LeBron has meant to this league. Because everywhere he's went, he has boosted the economy. But that being said, at 35, I'm sorry, I don't want to turn my franchise over to him. 
This was my point last night. This was my point five years ago. And this is going to be my point the whole time. Now, if you're telling me that AD is going to be the number one option and then he's going to start having a lot of say in what goes on with the Lakers, then I'm cool with that. But as long as LeBron is stirring the drink, this situation right here, we need to put around him the proper players to make all this work. So I'm hoping that the Lakers go out and get some offensive initiators to help LeBron out. And they do need one more guy who can put the ball in the basket at a high level. Now, we'll get to uh, rumors and, and what have you a little bit later. But we need to get to a big, big story. Draymond Green is back, baby. Dub Nation. Warrior fans, are you happy? Your man is back. Well, kind of. The NBA reinstated Green. He is back in the facility. He's ramping up to play. I don't know if he's going to be in the next game or the game after that, but I would think before the week is out or by the end of the week, Draymond Green will don a Warriors uniform. Since Green's suspension, the Warriors have went 7-6. That's updated from last night's loss. The young guys have stepped up in Draymond's absence. Brandon Pazinski has provided playmaking and rebounding at 6'4", 6'5", mind you. I will tell you that. With his minutes being increased and what have you. (laughs) And until Jonathan Kaminga's controversial benching the other night, Kaminga has shown some flashes that the draft pundits were excited about at the beginning of the process when we first saw Jonathan Kaminga hit the scene. He's actually played way better than Andrew Wiggins, too. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know what happened. Now, um, I'm not going to speculate on that man's personal life, we know he took off for personal reasons in the middle of the year, and it took him some time to come back. But I will tell you that the Andrew Wiggins had left, and then this one who came back, so the end of the year, end of the last year, and into this season, he's he's been he's been awful. I mean, I don't know if I could put into words how bad he's been, but he's not rebounding at the level that he was when they were going after the championship a couple years ago. He's not shooting the ball very well. He's not attacking the rim, and his defense has become non-existent. So I don't know what is actually going on with Andrew Wiggins, but Jonathan Kaminga, who is still very, very raw, is outplaying you. And that's a problem. Trace Jackson Davis has assumed the Kevon Looney role, which he's playing the he's playing the center role at this point. Looney so far this year has looked like a, a step slower. He doesn't seem to move as well, and I wonder if the two hip surgeries and knee injuries and what have you has sapped him of his explosiveness. And when I say that. I know he wasn't like a high flyer and, you know, super, super duper rim protector, but that boy can board. Okay. Kevin Looney can board. 
That dude was getting like 14-plus rebounds a game in the playoffs when they were going for the cha- uh, going for the championship. But Trace Jackson Davis has come in and provided, injected some energy. He's actually become a lob threat, which that's something that Kevin Looney wasn't. Um, he also has provided a little rim protection at six foot nine and two hundred and forty pounds, and he gives them just another guy that you have that you feel when you go into the lane. And the Golden State Warriors don't have a lot of guys like that. They're constantly getting out rebounded because they're constantly smaller than everybody else. <clears throat> Steve Kerr has also come under fire. And he is also being called out by Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody for lack of playing time and inconsistent rotations. Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody feel emboldened enough to talk about their playing time to reporters. That stuff couple years ago would have stayed in house now we have a new era i guess in in san francisco okay uh last last year we had the jordan pool draymond green incident that video got leaked right we got sources coming out talking about oh i'm i'm upset about my playing time right now, here's the thing. Kerr and Kaminga had a sit-down, and supposedly everything is cool. Up until last night. When he got pulled again. So, I'm going to tell you right now, this is something to monitor. I think the Golden State Warriors are in flux right now. And it is even though the record has gotten better, I still think they're spiraling. I don't think it's a lost cause at all. So, if you know, listen, I'm a Laker fan. I don't hide it. But I do respect the Warriors. I respect what they put together. I respect how they've gone about their business in a lot of ways. Some things I don't agree with. We talked about it in the last pod. So, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Congratulations. You have found us. We are great, and we are happy you are bored. But if you want to get caught up, go to the archive pods. Download those bad boys and get yourself caught up in the conversation. All right. We got more on the uh, <laughs> on Kerr and his situation. It'll be interesting to me what Kerr decides once Draymond is back, does Kerr lean on experience, a championship pedigree, or will he allow the young players to continue to provide the spark and the offensive firepower that they have displayed since Draymond's suspension? Another facts over feelings, right? Something have to give in the Bay, and I'm going to tell you this right now. There's something to be said for keeping the young guys in the roles they're currently in until proven otherwise. 
the team plays with a speed. It plays with a purpose. It plays with a a, a want to. Kaminga wants minutes. Moses Moody wants minutes. Andrew Wiggins looks disinterested. Draymond Green seems like he's going through some some sort of early midlife crisis. And Clay, yes, he has some good games. Here's the thing. Clay is older. And he was just basically a jump shooter that also had length and he played very good defense. The problem is now is that he's been sapped of his lateral quickness by having an Achilles tear and then uh, ACL. So we are never going to get the clay that we had four years ago. We're never getting that guy back. But if you put pieces around this team, Curry's still great. I understand he had a bad game last night. Curry's still great. Put some stuff around them to go ahead and either continue this run or start making some hard choices and maybe start to dismantle the light years ahead team. Yes, I did quote Joe Lacob with that silly comment when he said he was his his franchise was light years ahead of everyone else. Makes it easier to be light years ahead of anywhere every everyone else when you have Steph Curry in the prime, Clay Thompson in the prime, previous to injury, Kevin Durant, who's one of the greatest scorers of all time, and Draymond Green, who's arguably one of the best defenders of all time, and also a hell of a offensive creator and hub. A little bit more from Gold State. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports that Draymond Green had a meeting, a face-to-face meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. And in that discussion, Draymond told Adam Silver that he wanted to retire. Now, I would believe Draymond Green, but I don't I think it'd be hard to walk away from uh 25 million every year for 4 years. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't frustrated. I understand that Draymond wears his emotions on his sleeves and he probably did say that. I don't think he believed it, but I think he said it. Because when he's frustrated, he says stuff. So obviously the man was frustrated when he went to talk to Silver. Silver thought that was a rash decision. He talked to him. And then Draymond even complimented Adam Silver on his podcast earlier where he said that it's nice to know that we have a commissioner who cares about the players and not just about the bottom line. So kudos to Adam Silver. I guess he kept Draymond in the league. Literally twice, right? With the suspension, got him back in, and then he wanted to retire. He said, "No, Draymond, don't, don't retire. No, no, no." Anyway, with that being said, it's just some insight into what's going on with Draymond, the erratic behavior. Okay, um, I hope that in this time that he took away, he was able to uh, get the help that he needed. 
I hope that he got some tools that will help him as he goes forward this year. And also to finish out this Hall of Fame career that he has put together. What's the next course of action for the Golden State Warriors? Are Lakeup and Mike Dunleavy Jr. And that's Kurt Lakeup, not Joe. Kurt Lakeup and Mike, Le- Mike Dunleavy Jr. Are they up to the task to solving the tensions of Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga? It's a question. Because here's the thing. I understand that Kurt Lakeup worked his way up. I understand that he... He he did he did the footwork. He did the grunt work. I understand that this is a position that he feels that he's earned. Kind of hard to say you completely earned it when your last name is Laka, but I digress. But this is a is a tall ask for a first time and first year front office executive, and I'll be very interested to see how it all plays out. Now, also I want to give a shout out to uh, Monte Poole of NBC Sports Bay Area. He says, he has sources that say, the Warriors front office stays committed to Draymond along with Steph and Clay. So, if the line in the sand was drawn by the young players in Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga harping on play, on playing time, and then this report comes out about that the front office is still loyal to the core, trade season is about to get real, real interesting and spicy in San Francisco, and I can't wait for it. Remember, trade deadline is literally now a month away. We are there. So keep it locked here at Front Runner Podcast Collective on all the latest news, and we will get it to you properly in a timely fashion. Um, <laughs> here, Here's my thing right here. Okay, so with all that being said, we talked about Steph, we talked about Clay, we talked about what they're going to do or what we think they're going to do. I would like to quote, one of my favorite early odds philosophers. You know that great, great, those great, great philosophers in sync, right? Justin Timberlake and the guys. They had a song called Bye, Bye, Bye. And I'm saying bye, bye, bye to one Chris Paul <laughs> in his $30 million contract plus Kaminga. To get a player that will help Curry and uh, Draymond and uh, Clay, that's that's my thought on that. Um, I hope that I hope they keep. I think they're going to keep uh, Pazinski. He is he's a Kerr guy through and through. I think they're definitely going to keep Trace Jackson Davis because he's cheap and young, and he's actually playing well. But Kaminga, Moody, and Chris Paul salary that gets you a. million player? Or two players at 23? Just saying. 
Just saying. We'll get to the the rumors and what have you in a second. Okay, so <clears throat> let's get to it. This is a hard one for me. It's over in Chicago for Zach Levine, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, my man has come back. He is playing. He's actually going to play tonight. Actually, he's probably playing right now. But you know what he's not doing? He's not starting. Per source, it's not just Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. It is not just the front office. It's the players itself who have grown weary of Zach Levine's act. And I think the the message has been sent because guess what? My man is coming off the bench. So a multi-time all-star, a guy who's averaged like 26, 27 points a game in this league is coming off the bench. So Chicago, what do you want for Zach Levine, huh? What are you trying to get? Because that's going to, hey, your guy is also under my great philosopher's instinct. He's also bye, bye, bye. Oh, the other thing. I need all my Chicago fans out there. All my people in the Windy City. I need y'all to hit me up on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at FrontRunnerPC. I have a real interesting social experiment. Somebody needs to find Zach Levine's real estate agent. See what the house, see if the house is on the market. Okay? So for all my Chicago fans out there, I'm going to need you guys to Zillow it up. Get us some information. Let us know when our guy is getting traded. Alright, we have now. Let's get to the trades. Let's get into the rumors. Okay, wing stop or wing go. This is a question for the Brooklyn Nets. Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie, and former Laker Lonnie Walker IV are all available at this present time. So, if you're trying to get early trade deadline shopping in to my franchises that are trying to win, look no further than the boutique salon of the Brooklyn Nets where you can get all the wings you want. They got four of them, they got four of them available and the list for these for these uh, delectable wings are of course the Lakers, Golden State, the Mavs have been um, linked to these guys. The Milwaukee Bucks have been linked to these guys. The OKC Thunder have been linked, and as well as the Pelicans. So here's the thing: here's some wings that are available. They're not on the high end as far as the uh, price tag is concerned, and they would provide some stability to teams looking for it. So if you're looking for wings. Just go to Brooklyn. They got a ton of them. All right. 
how can I put this? All right, we're going to talk about this real quick. Um, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors is going to be on the move. As we stated on a previous podcast, my belief is that Siakam will be moved by the trade deadline. Now, my guy Nico Miatello, he believes that he will not be traded. Here's his proof. Here is Nico's proof that Pascal Siakam will not get traded. Canadians McDonald's have a campaign with one Pascal Siakam. Pascal has a signature McFlurry. And Nico holds that as proof that Pascal Siakam will be staying in Toronto. So that's the hard-hitting journalism that you get here at Front Runner Podcast Collective. We go deep. We don't just say, oh, this, oh, this. Wojnowski said this. Nico went went on his grind and said, listen, they're starting up a campaign around Pascal Siakam. How dare they try to trade him? No, he is not getting traded. That'll mess up the whole campaign. Unfortunately, I disagree with Nico. Pascal Siakam is on the move. And uh, there are a lot of teams that are looking at that guy. I still believe that even though Sacramento pulled out of the trade a couple weeks ago, I still think they have their eye on one Pascal Siakam. As well as there are probably about six to eight other teams. So good luck to my guys in Sacramento and good luck to the rest of the league. I would love to see what this bidding war is going to create. Per Mark Stein. And by the way. Mark Stein is an incredible reporter. He's been around forever. He was on ESPN forever. He's been with Yahoo. He's been everywhere. But check out his Substack Online. It has a lot of good nuggets in it. I think. I don't think the, um, the paywall is too much. As far as that's concerned, but go ahead and lock yourself into his Substack because he has some interesting nuggets in there. But he's reporting that the Atlanta front office and the Atlanta franchise has determined to build the team around Trey Young, their their superstar, their all star, and also the young wing Jalen Johnson. That means. That DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Clint Capella are all available. Okay? So, remember a couple weeks ago, we didn't have, we didn't have like the notebooks opened up. And we didn't have a lot of stuff out there floating around. Guess what? We are now 30 days away. And the notebooks are opening up. And we're starting to figure out what franchises are doing. Now, I will tell you, the reason why they're doing this is because I'm hearing that they're not they're not opposed to kind of um, taking this year as a step back year. I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to say the T word. I'll just say it's a step back year. So then they can go ahead 
and build the team around those two guys and and construct a team around Jalen Johnson and one Trey Young. Now, I am going to go ahead and say it now. Um, we've done a lot of Lakers stuff in the last couple podcasts. So um, for my friends out there who are um, exhausted of the Laker coverage, I do understand. But I will say this. And this is the only kind of selfish thing I'll say in the podcast. I have been a, a fan of Bogdan Badanovich for a long period of time. Um, actually, he was somebody I thought of when he was with uh, Sacramento. And I, I, I would love to have that guy on the Lakers. I think he is. Uh, I think he's incredibly. Uh, he's an incredible glue guy, and he just has a good feel for the game. And I think if you put him around really great players, I think you get the best of Bogdan Bogdanovich. I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he can go out there and get you 30, like, on a consistent basis. But that dude can hit a shot, and he does play some defense. So uh, I will be interested to see what the market is for Bogdan Bogdanovich when we get uh, probably within the next week. We'll start hearing more and more rumors. Okay, that's that. All right, we got. I know I got some other stuff that I need to get to. All right, we got a couple more things to get to, and I'm gonna call these weekend observations. I don't know if you guys checked out the game against uh, the Nuggets played the other night. Now, (laughs) listen, I don't know what's going on, but I think my man Jokic is bored, like, out of his mind. They won a game by, like, 17 points with Jokic taking three shots. Okay, they won by 17, but Nikola Jokic, a two-time MVP, a finals MVP, took three shots in a game where he played, he played, he played the whole game, not the whole game, but you know, he played his regular allotment of minutes, three points or three shots, but he also has 16 dimes. So he did contribute, obviously. <laughs> I just thought it was I thought it was funny. You can just see him just toying with the opposition now. It's like, what what possibly can I do to embarrass somebody with the least amount of effort? I think this is what Jokic is trying to do now. I think he's just trying to find little things to keep him occupied until we get to the playoffs. So Good luck in your pursuits of, of, of finding things to interest you, Nikola Jokic. I look forward to your next uh, feat. I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I look forward to it. And also, since we last potted, uh, that shot that he hit against Golden State, the half-court logo shot to win the game at the buzzer, was so ridiculous. 
So ridiculous. <laughs> that guy's incredible. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the Grizzlies win in Phoenix without Ja Morant. Scheduled rest day, by the way, for Ja. There were no gun incidents. There were no IG posts. It was just rest. My guy is on his best behavior right now. So, Phoenix, what's your level of concern? With your big three all together, by the way. Bill played in that game. So, Bradley Bill played. KD played. And Devin Booker played. And still, you got housed by the Memphis Grizzlies. Who are still, I think, 10 games under 500, by the way. Any cause for concern in the Valley of the Sun? I'm just asking. Because it's not looking great, and it looks like you don't have enough dudes. It's great that you have the three. It's We all loved it. Oh my god, this is going to be great. Beal, Booker, KD... What's not to like? Well, what's not to like is that the lack of bench, the lack of size, the lack of rebounds, the lack of rim protection. There's a, there's a lot of stuff not to like in Phoenix right now. So I got my eyes on Phoenix. We already talked about what uh, Atlanta is doing, but I do want to give credit to Jake Fisher and Dan Devine on uh, getting Landry Fields' thoughts on how they think they want to construct a team in Atlanta. So I want to give those guys a tip of the cap for the good work that they they have done. And uh, let's see, we got one couple other things to get to, and then we're gonna be out. Oh no, we still got some more stuff. Oh, I have a qu- I have a question from my Canadian people. What commercial do you want to see Native Son R.J. Barrett in first? Sources are saying that the major brands of Canada are calling the Raptors organization like it is the trade deadline. Hey, can we get R.J. Barrett? Remember, R.J. Barrett is from Toronto. He is, he is, you know, Canadian through and through. So having R.J. Barrett Don a Toronto's Raptors uniform. The uh, the big major brands in Canada are having a frenzy on trying to uh, get R.J. Barrett to push their products. Like I said, we go deep on this podcast, so if this is your first time, I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I want to give out a shout out to my guy who has the best fro in the league. Jared Allen. Jared Allen had himself a game over the weekend. 29 points, 16 rebounds. My man is a walking double-double, and I wanted to show him love, and I wanted to show the city of Cleveland love. And then here's the thing. It's about to start. Actually, it's probably starting right now. Who you got in the national championship game? We got Michigan, University of Michigan. And we got the University of Washington, two teams that we didn't expect to be here. But ding dong, the SEC 
is at least dead this year. I just want, hey, it's a big story. I wanted to throw it out there. As far as that's concerned, hit me up in the comments. Um, also, you can also comment or leave me like a, a suggestion on Spotify or Apple and leave us a five-star rating, you know, that goes along with it. But yeah, I'm interested. Let's chop it up about these things that's going on. Um, I think, is there any other things that we need to get to? Let's see. I just want to make sure that we got all the notes taken care of. Blah, blah, blah. Catch what? Lakers. Okay. I want to leave you with this. Um, we have, we have talked about what the pod situation is going to look like for the next month. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, no disrespect to DeJounte Murray and no res- no disrespect to Pascal Siakam. If they get traded, I don't know if we're going to break in and do an emergency pod. I think we're going to need something a little more loftier than that. It all depends on what it is. We'll see. We'll see. It might be a real big trade, but we will have emergency pods as we start inching closer and closer to the NBA trade deadline. Okay? So keep it locked here with Front Runner Podcast Collective, or as I like to call it, FRPC. And enjoy the hoops. And we will be back later on this week. And man, thank you guys so much. Um, I've been looking over like the analytics and everything like that. I am blown away by... You guys consuming the product. So I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I saw Turkey. I saw um, Scotland. I saw Ireland. Really, the UK in general. France is in. España is in. By the way, shout out to Greece. I'm sure that has a lot to do with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So thank you, Giannis, for being awesome. We just want to shout out everybody. New Zealand, Australia, Taiwan, Singapore. You name it, man. We've hit all five continents. And I can't can't tell you how, how blessed I feel about that. And obviously, you know. You know how we do it in North America. You know how y'all get down. Y'all just bring nothing but heat. But now the call to action is this. Is that we want to continue to grow the pod. But we also want to continue to grow the conversation. So, again. On X. Or formerly known as Twitter. Frontrunner. PC. Or you can hit my guy up. Nico. At Nico. FR. PC. That's going to do it for the show today. Again, I can't thank you guys enough. And we will see you down the road. Be easy.